Because um, I saw that it was continue watching instead of just start watching. Um, ah, yes. So I was like, oh, I, I better tread lightly and make sure I'm not like going to interrupt her viewing experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, it was planning it, on watching it too. Yeah, I, wa I watched it this afternoon while I was eating oh. lunch. But no, it was the end credits rolling. So it was all good. Good. Was, yes. It was all good. So hello and welcome back to the Real Horror Show podcast we are a horror movie review podcast where we review horror movies from netflix hulu shutter and everywhere in between i'm your host sam odie hi sam <laughs> i message rejected no you're not oh my god i am wait hang on and i'm your co-host stormy skies <laughs> <laughs> sorry i wasn't looking at it so i just i'm so used to you saying and i'm joined as always by my host i'm just i'm i just I'm left sorry. parts of the script oh the way you had God. them i know i'm sorry okay well i'm stormy skies hello listeners <laughs> uh welcome to our podcast today we will be reviewing the angry black girl and her monster which is a 2023 american science fiction horror film written and directed by Bamani J. Story in his directorial debut. It stars nice. Leia uh, DeLeon, Hayes, Denzel Whitaker, Chad Coleman, Riley Brooke Steith, uh, Keith Sheen, oh, is that Sheen or Sean? Holiday, <laughs> Amani Summer, and Edem Atsu Swazny. Um, yes. It's adapted from Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. The film follows a brilliant teenage girl named Vicaria, who resurrects her brother from the dead only for him to become to come back a vengeful monster this is how we like to break down our movie reviews we begin with characters and acting then move on to stories and writing and then finish off with production and uh, before we end everything we like to discuss the real horrors this movie addresses sometimes they're serious and sometimes we like to have a little bit of goofy fun that being said we are a horror movie podcast, so here is a general trigger warning. We talk about death, blood, guts, and other unsavory topics that might be unsuitable, not be suitable for everyone. Although we do try to discuss these things with sensitivity, listeners' discretion is advised. Uh, once all is said and done, we rate the movies on a scale of what the fuck did I just watch, which typically means no redeeming qualities to be found, uh, meh, which is just, it's okay, and then, ah, yeah, that fucked me up, which is what all horror should try to be. So it, let's get started. It's been a long time since we had a what the fuck did I just watch, I feel like, it has been. good. Yeah, it, that is a very good thing. And you know, yeah. sometimes what a what the fuck did I just watch isn't a bad thing. I use Skinamarink as our example of, oh. yeah, that was a what the fuck did I just watch? But you know what? Go watch it for yourself and tell us. That's yeah, that's actually a really great point. So yeah, we're saying generally speaking, it's narrow demon qualities, but like there's some that are, can be in that category, but they could be like yeah. a deal, like they could be incredible to other people. So yeah, I, I would say like Skinamarink to the um yeah. average horror movie person the i watch horror movies primarily during october that's definitely a what the fuck did i just watch oh definitely um but then you have movies like what we're talking about today the angry black girl and her monster which is very art art housey very weird yeah but 
it's still very watchable. It's it is. still it's still very linear. It's still very basic storytelling, especially if you are familiar with the Frankenstein story, which was the creation of the science fiction genre. Mm-hmm. Going back to 10th grade English. Just kidding. That was 12th grade English for me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead and get into characters and acting. Uh, Vicaria is our main character. She is our Victor Frankenstein, though we never get the name Frankenstein in this movie. I was reading the IMDb trivia page earlier. Um, her her last initial is F, and the teacher does comment that it's very Germanic sounding, so we can kind of gauge that it's probably, Is that what that meant? <laughs> yeah, we can probably <laughs> gauge so that it's probably Frankenstein. Or I'm Frank- stupid. I was like, <laughs> what German last name does she have? <laughs> and I was like, whatever. <laughs> so we could, we could probably assess that it's probably Vicaria <sighs> Frankenstein. And it's Vicaria, not Vicaria. Yeah, not Vicaria, like live vicariously. It's I I was pronouncing it Vicaria because I always do a long long A, like Mm -hmm. all. Um, Yeah, that's a very pretty name though. But I now know that later in the movie, she is named like some someone is named after her, and his name is Victor. And I was like, oh, Victor, like Victor Frank is that? Yes. When we, when we get to story, we'll sorry, sorry. touch on that. That's a that's a direct reference to Frankenstein that I'm glad they were able to fit in somehow into the movie. Because and I get- the modern Prometheus yes, thing too. Uh, yes. Her textbook has um, the modern Prometheus book, which yeah. is the often forgotten um, subtitle of Frankenstein. Yes, don't forget. <laughs> which I feel like Frankenstein movies in the future should use the title the modern Prometheus just because- that's it's a really cool. good title. It's so cool. <laughs> uh, for 1818, so yeah. cool. <laughs> for for like, how Damn. old was Mary Shelley? Like 17, 18 when she wrote Frankenstein Damn, in a single night? Girl. Wow, go girl. I don't have to look that up, but probably. Oh, are you not a Frankenstein girly like you are? Or a Mary no, Shelley girl? No, I'm not. I, I'm, a, I'm like on the out, I'm the on the fringes what how old was she when she wrote it I'll, she I'll was take a very look. young she was very was she? young um so Damn. the story of but not getting into acting right away apparently um <laughs> yeah let's talk about frankenstein for a second for yeah. those who are unfamiliar um so one night in the 1800s uh mary shelley was with her husband percy shelley the famous poet who wrote ozymandias my favorite poem uh <laughs> cool um they were staying with a couple of friends who were also writers, artists, as they did back in those days. Like artists just had their little artist colonies and would do pretentious shit all the time. So okay. jealous. I know, right? Um, Same. I wish. Like, um, apparently Virginia Woolf, even though she was a shut-in a lot of her life. Um, yeah. She and her husband were part of this like free sex movement in the early 1900s. And she had a same-sex affair that um, with really? a woman that she later based the novel Orlando off of. That's very interesting. Um, wow. But these early century writers, the the white people who make up the literary canon, were very horny back in the day. Yeah, dang, no fucking rules, huh? Yeah. So, <laughs> so Mary Shelley was with her husband, and they're on a couple's retreat. And one night, they're like, hey, let's have a scary storytelling contest. And they're like, all right, so Mary Shelley comes up with the initial idea of Frankenstein, a story about a mad scientist 
who brings a man back to life. And she became so obsessed with the story, she went upstairs and continued writing it after the competition had ended. And that later became um, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein um, slash the modern Prometheus and um, created created the science fiction genre, created the science fiction horror genre. And it's very cool. And we all know that Frankenstein isn't the monster. It's Dr. Frankenstein who's the monster. Yes, absolutely. And um, I get why yeah. this movie doesn't use the name Frankenstein. They allude to it because Frankenstein is such a like, if I ever met someone in real life with the last name Frankenstein, I would think they're lying. Me too. I would think they were like a big nerd. Which I guess it probably was a <laughs> surname. It probably is a surname. It's just. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's funny. No, um, I was looking at the age of Mary Shelley and Sam, you're going to have to do some fact checking because some places say she started when it was, she was 18 and some say 19. Mm. and she finished it two years later so she was either 20 or 21 but that's super fucking young yeah still super young and to write I mean, a showstopper well, i'm sure one of those is right <laughs> because like back in those days so uh, many famous people have question marks next to their year of birth <laughs> because yeah. how can we be sure for a significant portion of history you use you don't really have a birth date to go by. There's no like official birth records. You go right. by the baptism date. Um, oh shit! Which, which is going rights. which is going to have a church record. Um, yeah. Even to this day, I work in an Episcopal church. It's still mm -hmm. very archaic. We're probably still using the same system that the Church of England did in the 1400s, where <laughs> you write down the day the baptism happens in a registrar, and then we keep that registrar forever and ever and ever and ever. The yeah. diocese or diocese, di diocese, diocese. <laughs> yeah. However, they said it in the last yeah. Exorcist. Um, oh, oh my god! Yeah, diocese, um, diocese. They said diocese. diocese. Um, that's wrong, but okay. When you get too many and don't have a place to store them, you send them to the diocese, and our diocese <laughs> has um, registrars dating back to the 1700s. Oh so. my god. Just a little history lesson on why we're confused about birth dates for some major historical figures. It's because we didn't really keep track of the day of birth. We kept track of the baptismal date. Damn. Yeah, because that's, that's the real day of birth, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that's what they think. And that that's was really, the, that's yeah. the main role the church has always played in society is being the date tracker. Like they kept the records mm -hmm. for marriages, records for burials, records for baptisms. Uh, they're, they're record keepers. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway. anyway Fun little bit of history. Now That's let's get into sweet acting. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I was looking up Leia uh, Hayes, what she's done in the past, because I thought she was very good in this movie. She was. And this is really her first adult big leading role. And I, this might not mean anything to you. It might mean something to you because you do have two young nieces. Okay. Um, her first major role was the voice of Doc McStuffins from 2011 to 2022. And Doc McStuffins, I think it's a Disney preschool show about a little girl who wants to be a doctor like her mom. So she operates on her stuffed animals and makes them feel better. And it's- Yes. 
I know Doc McStuffins. I do. Okay. So that's very yeah. interesting. Good for and her. I, I thought that was very funny because you could argue that the reason Vicaria um, <laughs> is so into what she's doing is not only because of her mother's death, but is also because her mother was working to become a doctor, which yes. probably instilled a love of medicine into her. Yeah. <laughs> so this is just a very dark version of Doc McStuffins. It's fine. It yeah, just live action. And she's just, like grown up now. <laughs> yeah, I just, I thought that was really funny when I read it. And um, no, I thought she was really good. And that's why I wanted to see what else she's done. But she really, outside of that, has had another role in a like B-grade horror movie called An American Haunting. I think that's what it was Southern called. Southern Haunting. Southern Haunting. One of one of the haunting universes. <laughs> yeah, so many. There's so many. <laughs> and then um, she's in a CBS show with Queen Latifah right now. So she hasn't done a whole lot. I do expect that to change because she was very good in this movie. Yeah. Um, she has true Scream Queen potential. And I'll bring this up again in production. But I swear there was a moment at the end where her mic was a little distorted and I couldn't tell if that was intentional or if she had blown out her mic with one of her screams towards the end. Yeah. Which, um, it's true cream. Uh, scream queen shit. No. Yes. She was really screaming for real. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> Sorry. We're deciding if we go to the soup or bring the soup back to Rebecca's house. We're doing a, we're going to rank the soups of Panera Bread tonight. Oh, um, I love it. And I think Dude, we should, should do it at home, right? I was thinking we should go to Panera because oh, some of the go. soups have croutons on them and oh, they'll trans like, transporting them might, might sully the results. Okay. Then definitely go to Panera. I think. It's like, it's like if you're doing a fry, a French fry taste test, Yeah, you have to go to the fries. You can't bring oh, the yeah. fries back. No, they'll get soggy. Yep. Yeah. All right, we'll go to Panera. Yeah. Um, other major players in this movie are the little girl Jada, who I liked a lot. Um, yeah, she was great. <laughs> she was so very cute. and weird, but funny. She was. And she, she was just. So... <laughs> she was great. Okay. I like her as a creepy kid because. Yeah, she was so not, creepy. She's not like, you know, a creepy, scary mm -hmm. kid like we saw in um, Mother mother right good night mommy good night mommy um yeah yeah I was like Wait, um yeah she's just she's a little kid and little kids are creepy sometimes right that's, that's exactly how it was <laughs> so she's a very realistic creepy kid who's just like doing a scary monster voice because she knows it's creepy yeah she's just doing creepy shit and you're just like come on no, she <laughs> come was on, so cute go do your um, alphabet <laughs> Denzel Whitaker as Kango, who's one of the gang members involved with what happened to Vicaria's brother, Chris. And then Chris is our other player. He is our um, creature, our Frankenstein's monster. Um, yeah. And then her dad is there. Donald. Um, Donald. He's good. He... Didn't he was familiar to me. He looked familiar to me. I haven't looked him up yet, um, but I'm, I'm he was he was pretty good. Speaking. We didn't yeah. get a, as much as him as I would have liked, but we also didn't get as much as the monster as I would have liked. I know. We'll talk. We'll have to talk about that in the next. Um, and then session. we have Aisha, who's Chris's girlfriend, baby mama. She's about eight months pregnant with their child. And oh, is then, that who that is? I thought yeah. that was like her sister or something. I, yeah. I couldn't. 
figure out who was. No, that was um sister-in-law, ideally, if oh, things had panned out yes. differently. And oh, then we gotcha. have Jamal, Jamal, who we would consider the real monster of this movie, because I don't. <laughs> Jamal's making all the wrong choices in this movie. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> He's so big too. So like, you got to watch out for Jamal. Yeah. Um, Because I wouldn't consider Vicaria a monster the same way we would consider Victor Frankenstein a monster. Her yeah. whole philosophy, her whole reasoning behind why she does this is because she's a traumatized child. Mm-hmm. I think her thesis that death is a disease is very interesting albeit flawed Mm -hmm. but I get where she's coming from from like a outside movie perspective realistic perspective it feels like every fucking week we're seeing articles of this person lived to 110 here are their (laughs) secrets and I'm like I don't know and it's like a smoke cigarettes your whole life you know what I mean like the fuck (laughs) yeah so there is like this thing within society where we do view death as something that could be preventable if we do x y and z but that doesn't stop the body from breaking down and like i'm 30 and my back already hurts i don't want to do this for another 70 years (laughs) wake up and you're just like i can't wait to rest Mm -hmm. and like we're not we're not thinking clearly if we live longer we have to work longer that's true yes like come on guys seriously (laughs) and it also like her argument really works well with like the whole cancer thing that we see her have with the teacher segueing into story um where she's like cancer is a symptom of death and i i can get behind that but you can't say a gunshot wound is a symptom of death right so (laughs) death is a symptom of the gunshot maybe Maybe I don't know. know. So I see her thesis. I just think she needs to work on it a little more. But she's what, like, she's seventeen in high school. Yeah, she's seventeen. She's very young, so she has like good ideas. And clearly, she's a gifted student in biology. um, Interrupting her teacher, explaining things to her teacher, which been there, done that. (laughs) Wait, been there is in the teacher or the student. As in the student, I had oh, a history, really? I had a what history happened? professor, like my freshman yeah. year of high school, yeah. um, call, he said with his full chest in his PowerPoint that Catherine of Aragon, Henry's first wife gave birth to two daughters, Mary, Mary Tudor, the first, Mary first of England and Elizabeth first of England. But everyone who knows anything about history knows that that Elizabeth was Anne Boleyn's daughter <laughs> which is what makes her story so like memorable in the history books is yeah. I mean other than she was one of England's greatest rulers is that Henry wanted a son he beheaded Anne Boleyn because she didn't give him a son let's like she didn't actually sleep with her brother that was bullshit to get away with the beheading she didn't give him the son that he was promised and then her daughter went on to be one of England's greatest rulers and I just had to correct him because that was Damn. fundamentally wrong. Yeah. So, Did so you get I'm, mad and throw you out of class and call Sahiri and break your glasses and shit? No, because I'm white. Damn. Did he but, like get mad at you though? Did he like say he, like, he no, was, you're wrong? He was definitely <laughs> annoyed, but like he was wrong. Like I'm not gonna. Damn, yeah. Shit, uh, okay. I wasn't the only person in that class to ever correct him on something. Um, Ooh. One of my 
acquaintances at the time we were doing a unit on french history and um he said nice instead of nice the city mm. in france and she was like it's nice. are you serious yeah that's that's really dumb yeah. <laughs> you call yourself a history teacher and you say that you idiots wow, yeah um sorry to be crass about the i'm white comment but i have that's to be okay. realistic that that yeah let's be real how how she was it how she was treated wouldn't happen to me because of my skin color no matter how sassy I was getting with the teacher and even if I called her a bitch security would not put me in handcuffs like we just have to be no yeah no that was like a lot (laughs) which yeah I'll get into reviews when we talk about production because there are some like very annoying reviews on Shudder pertaining Uh, to this movie okay so we'll talk about that when we get to the realistic aspects um so yeah Um, because Vicaria is correcting her teacher and getting sassy and the teacher mispronounces her name she says all right so I guess it's fine if I call you miss bitch then why I don't understand why she like mispronounced her name it's not like it was the first day of class or something no you know what I I mean like like it it was was just straight disrespectful yeah so security is called he puts her in handcuffs and the dad comes and he gets very aggressive with the teacher as well telling her my daughter does her test she's smart I support her in everything she does um which tips his behavior in that meeting kind of tips Vicari off that he's using drugs again because he's very easily agitated not keeping his cool probably the way I, she's used to yeah I have a note on the drug use <laughs> yeah. later <laughs> yeah good. and she brings this up with her friend um slash semi-sister-in-law Aisha yeah. And she says, well, your dad is just dealing with the death of Chris like we all are because her brother Chris recently passed away due to gang violence. I initially thought it was police violence, but it sounds like it was probably gang related um, based well, on in things. in the scene, he was shot by gang members. Okay. he Because there's also a scene where he is shot by police officers, so. That's after he's the monster already. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. Which also is not cool, but yeah. Not only was he killed by gang members, it's revealed that his body was snatched, and a few other bodies have been snatched, and everybody in the neighborhood is looking for this person who is snatching bodies because that's really fucked up. And um, at one point, Vicaria does more or less admit it to a child um, that it's her, but she's like, "Ah, oh, no, I'm just fucking with you, man." Right. And then we get a very cool surgical scene where mm-hmm. no she's not fucking with him she stole her brother's body he's very decomposed because it's taking her a little while to well she um, had to get bodies of other other black people too yeah she was saying yeah she and had so to she find she can't kill them she has to wait yeah she had to find the right parts yeah. to be able to operate on her brother and we get a very cool scene and i go back and forth on whether or not whether or not I enjoy the cinematography of yeah but of her doing the surgery and this was the moment that the movie started giving me giving me 1980s vibes yeah just with the uh gore effects which I really liked in this movie uh-huh they yeah. were super gross yeah they were re- very gross oh yeah um they were and they were like almost it I I was describing them as like sloppy, but not sloppily done. Sloppy looking, like gross looking. 
Yes. That makes sense. You know what I mean? No, that makes total sense. Right? Like the effects themselves <laughs> aren't sloppily done, but it is sloppy because it's a 17 year old girl with no medical experience working yeah. on them. And then like the, they look yeah. soft. Oh, it's just like, yeah. yeah, it looks like that. Yeah. Very, so very 1980s, different. very 1980s yeah, very practical effects. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Where things are just a little squishier. Yeah. That's a great, that's kind of what I mean, I think. And so that's, that's different from what we've seen late. Like I'm trying comparing it directly to Saw 10 because that's the last gory yeah. movie I've seen. And that stuff's very sharp and angular and dark. Yeah. But hers was like eighties, I guess. Yeah. Well, there's also a very whimsical vibe this movie has throughout yeah there is is. Um, but that's a production note yeah Uh, (laughs) um so she's not able to bring chris back at that moment but later that night or the next night she witnesses the young boy she was talking to earlier um get shot in the middle of the street and as paramedics try to bring him back but fail she realizes what she needs to do to be able to bring chris back Mm -hmm. is a shit ton of electricity electricity So she goes out and gets a shit ton of electricity and brings him back to life. Yeah. So that was a cool thing because that harkens back to original Frankenstein monster. Yes. And the uh, electricity scene was another moment that felt very 80s. Just the effects on the lightning. Yeah. It it resembled a Tesla coil, but it wasn't a Tesla coil. It was the big uh, towers, you know. Yeah, very stuff. beautiful. Modern stuff. It was very cool looking. Uh, so he's back, but he <laughs> he wasn't exactly fresh when she brought him back. <laughs> so that makes sense. I was like, why does he look so scary? Gross. So he was, he was already in the process of decaying by the time she was finally able to sew him back together. And he no longer has speech abilities. And the only emotion he seems to have left in his brain is anger and vengeance. Anger and rage. <laughs> so yeah, rage. as they're leaving, they uh, he breaks the window to a car. And one of the gang members catches them and he yeah. immediately attacks the gang members, which uh, does not go over well. Yeah, she goes in the car because that is where they're storing drugs and she goes there on purpose Mm -hmm. to get that because she's showing him, uh, like, she's like, we're going to go to where, I'm going to show you what's killing our father and then I'm going to show you who killed you. Mm -hmm. And then that's, uh, enter scene, uh, uh, what's the the dude's name who he, like, beats up but doesn't kill but dies later? Uh, Curtis. Curtis, there we go. I was like, Chris? (laughs) Curtis had to come by. Big mistake, Curtis. Yeah. Um, so Curtis doesn't die there, but it catches the attention of Jamal, and Jamal is pissed and wants <laughs> in Vicar and wants answers from Vicaria. And Vicaria is just like over Jamal's shit because Jamal is killing her father, whether or not it's, it's a Kango. Direct- yeah, it's yeah. Kango. Whether way, or not it's direct. I want to make a side note about Jamal. Jamal carries a machete around out in the open. And I just want to make a note that that is illegal, no matter where you're at. (laughs) You just can't have, you just can't have the machete, Jamal, in your hand. Anyway. So anyway, continue. (laughs) Um, 
because Vicari is just done with all the gang shit going on in her neighborhood because it's what got her brother killed. It's what got that little boy killed. Yeah. Um, so she doesn't give them the information that they want. And he keeps getting angry and angrier and angrier at her. And at some point she loses sight of where her brother went. I kind of yeah, missed he that leaves. part. Yeah, he like kind of dips out. Um, but yeah. it turns out he is hiding in the walls of his um, girlfriend's house and is learning to speak because uh, Jada is learning how to read. So as she's learning to read, he's learning to speak as well. Yes. And yes. he's able to get his speech back. And um, yes, but wait, in the meantime, let's back up real quick. Um, because the, the information that um, Kango wants to get, um, Kango is like the head honcho of this gang and he seems to be like the distributor of drugs and Jamal's like his um, like first uh, like person of contact. So they want to know where this big dude who beat up Curtis is and she mm -hmm. won't tell him or give it up. And they're like, okay, well, if you're not going to tell us, then we're we're gonna like hurt you or kill or do something they threatened her and she doesn't like that he's like okay well if you don't like that then you're gonna have to come work for me and help like help me with my like um <clears throat> my drug business and so she's kind of blackmailed into doing that because she won't give up chris or where he is mm -hmm. and so now she's kind of forced into this situation where she has to like cut drugs for them although she doesn't want to okay but then fast forward to okay. chris living in the walls <laughs> yes thank you no um Chris is living in the walls and Jada's not afraid of him because she knows it's Chris. He's just a little different now. <laughs> he just looks sillier. <laughs> yeah. Um, but trying to, th um, I would say the next major scene is the family dinner scene, which yeah, I thought okay. was very well done and kind of the heart of the movie, which is um, she's doing this because she loves her family. She yes. wants to ensure nothing bad will happen to them probably because of what happened to her mother like I said yeah. I don't view her as a mother as a monster I view her as a traumatized child who just wants to not lose the people she cares about and she's lost her mother and she's lost her brother and shit like that could drive any person insane right um, she just wants to find a solution yeah it's like what one she's second after. there's a there's a kitten who got her way into who made her way into the uh office that i'm gonna kick out yeah no problem two but, seconds uh, yeah go yeah. ahead so yeah she um yeah she's just trying to find a solution but we do have um you know everyone getting together and we have a family dinner because uh her sister-in-law um is interested in just like being together with vicaria and her father because they haven't seen him around too much because he's been using and so we finally get everybody together, apart from Chris, um, all back together again. And everyone is having fun, reminiscing, um, laughing, telling stories, and remembering Chris. And then, but they are interrupted whenever they have a big knock at the door. Um, and it's the police randomly, and they're investigating, uh, you know, the death of an officer, and they want to come in. But of course, it's like very volatile and um, aggressive. And so this moment kind of paints a picture of like the reality is always lurking to always be like worry that like someone might just knock on your door and you know you have to be worried about it because of the color of your skin mm -hmm. and so after this they go I'm sorry hello Sam you're back hello <laughs> I'm just talking so you came sorry. back but anyway, I don't want to interrupt no they go back to dinner and then everyone's having a dinner and then there's a really nice uh um 
connection between um, Vicaria and her father, where she says, you know, I love you. And he says, I love you too. And everything. And she, and that's, I think that's when she like, um, it, it really solidifies in her that she's doing the right thing because she knows that she can like cure death right now because she's done it. Um, mm -hmm. But then we get the turning point of the, the action is happening where everything is not as she thought it was going to be. Yeah. All um, right, your turn, Sam. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you brought it up, but there is a very important conversation or mm -hmm. argument she kind of gets into with Aisha because she goes I into that, yeah. she goes into how she's trying to cure death because mm -hmm. death can be avoided in her eyes. And she knows it can because she just did it with Chris, even though no one else knows she did it. But Aisha brings up a point that Vicaria hasn't thought of before and this whole time I was thinking it too is she's only thinking about bringing them back to life she's not thinking about what happens to them after they're brought to life even after she's seen the state that Chris is in mm -hmm. she hasn't considered what that yeah. actually means for them and I'm not going to comment on the system that Aisha brings up because I'm on the other side of that system but it, it comes down to you bring him back to life, he's still a Black man. He is still at danger every day of his life because of his skin color. Right. Does he want to be back? Yeah. Does he want to be back? You know? And yeah. um, to bring someone back against their will is pretty inhumane. Ah, I didn't even um, think about that part, yeah. And especially because Vicaria never thought about, like, the state that he was in by the time she was able to bring him back, that he's not really going to be Chris anymore his brain has decomposed his body's decomposed yeah. he doesn't have language skills anymore she his life is a thousand times harder and it didn't have to be even though he didn't plan on dying he didn't he probably didn't want to die that night right but yes. she was very selfish to bring him back and it's kind of like a in Buffy the Vampire Slayer yeah when uh they bring her back after season six i think i don't know whatever the big um bring back buffy thing was when she was dead for a long time um yeah. you know she says i think i was in heaven and then i was ripped away mm -hmm. is um she made the decision that he shouldn't be dead he didn't make that decision so now his life is harder and right after this really nice dinner scene we see how hard his life is going to be as this creature um when the police get to him they arrest him he breaks the chains because they call him a monster and they immediately shoot him and then he kills the police officer another very cool gore effect yes wishy mm -hmm. um, and then he tries to go home and be with his family because he does recognize his family at least right. and his father sees him as a monster so he kills his father and then uh, yep um, I was like oh shit <laughs> which um I guess would you consider the father in this telling of Frankenstein to be the little girl that Frankenstein accidentally drowns um or is that lore unfamiliar to you I that lore is unfamiliar to me and then maybe because this yeah. was not someone he was angry to kill yeah yeah like he was starting sense. to yeah, find feelings other than anger yeah. in him. And then his father was disgusted by the sight of him. 
and that reignited the anger in him. Um, And while this is happening, while the father's being killed, um, Jamal gets word that Curtis is dead. So he's going to kill Vicaria or at least find the guy she's hiding that did this to Curtis. And Kango's like, no, man, we got to leave her alone. This isn't right. She has nothing to do with this. Yeah. And Jamal uses his machete on Kango. <laughs> yeah, Jamal's like, I have a machete and though. <laughs> Vicaria has the most realistic reaction I've seen in any horror movie, which is Dude, just, yeah. oh, holy shit. Scream and run away. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Like, I feel the... like I never see a reaction <laughs> like that. <laughs> because I said the same thing when I saw the machete go into Kurt's shoulder. I was just like, holy shit. Oh my god. Can't believe he just did that to to Kango but um yeah yeah no I uh, really appreciate that she was acting like a person mm-hmm. <laughs> not like someone in a movie like you fucking yeah. scream and run away when something shocking happens and someone's yeah. almost getting macheted to death in front of you so so oh she gets home and yeah. finds her oh, dead father real quick her house is like all red like blood red with black doors and stuff did you notice that I did not notice the black it's doors. It's like a haunted house. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah, it's like an old yeah. school uh, gothic mansion on the inside. Yeah. Anyway, um, go on. <laughs> so she sees her dead father, knows that it was Chris. Um, Kingo makes it to her house, is about to kill her, but not Kingo. Jamal makes it to her house, is about to kill her, but... Somehow Kango survived a machete Dude. to the fucking shoulder. He did. He's like, hey, I'm going to rescue you, man. I'm actually like, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm like an underdog type character where like I'm a bad guy, but also I like have also morals. So I'm going to yeah. protect you. So I'm like, oh, great, Kango. So he's going to help her out. So he helps her. And then Chris comes out of the bedroom and he's like, I knew you were, I knew you weren't dead. And um, tries to machete Chris, but Chris takes the machete and not decapitates him but like halfway decapitates him yeah another cool gore effect yeah that was cool that was a really good one um so while that's happening kango and vicaria take their chance to kind of escape close some doors get away from him come up with a plan uh she realizes that if electricity brought him back into this world it can take him away so they come up with a plan to get him to the power plant and electrocute him um, so she goes to her lab and gets a bunch of stuff um, that she needs to be able to do this while Kango goes to break into the electrical factory. Um, unfortunately, by the time Vicaria gets back to him, uh, Chris has already strangled him, has already killed him. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's like dead, dead. Um, yeah. But he he's manages to get her two tools that she asked for one is in her home and one is elsewhere but yeah yeah. rest in peace like at this point everybody is like dying like yes we are in the end game slaughter yes (laughs) um oh yeah and she she found out that jada knew where her lab was and was hanging out in the lab yeah and she's like jada stop doing that go home and she's like no i want to stay so then she's just kind of in there so now you have to cut it's like amped up a little bit because you're worried about the kid yeah uh Uh, yeah so chris 
finds Vicaria and she does what she needs to do, um, kills him, and he says, I'm a monster. Uh, that's my name. And she says, no, you're Chris. And yeah. so he dies knowing who he was. Um, and um, she tells Jada he was only a monster because other people told him he was. Yeah. Um, and then, then we get the next big twist. <laughs> we get the next big twist where Jada, <laughs> bearing the lead a little, uh, says, hey, our, fi- our entire family's dead, by the way. Can you bring them back? And at that point, I was like, oh, shit, everybody is dead. Yeah. So Chris had gone to his girlfriend's house um, because that's where he had been hiding. But yeah. no one believed it was Chris. So he once again got angry. That's the only feeling he really has. Yeah. Um, and he killed them all. Um, so Vicaria is understandably upset. But Jada isn't because she knows Vicaria can bring them back. Just like she brought Chris back. And yeah. um, she's like, no, it won't work. We just saw that it won't work. But Jada just says, but they were, they just, were just here. here. Yeah. Which clicks in Vicaria's Damn. mind oh they're still fresh that so was a cool moment <laughs> maybe they won't be in the same state that he was and yeah. um the first what i think is the first person she brings back because she was pregnant she brings back aisha yes um, yes and aisha when she comes back is upset confused terrified um and she's the one that says he's alive he's alive referring to her baby yes because um she she is very pregnant, yeah, um, very pregnant. and calls the baby Victor because yeah, Chris wanted Chris wanted to name the baby after his sister Vicaria. Wow, that's very sweet. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, but then we get the Victor, and I was like, "Ooh, like Victor Frankenstein." So that yeah, cool. and so that was a nice way to throw in the famous "He's alive" moment. Oh shit! I that went right over my head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, direct <laughs> reference to Damn. it's a lie. I'm I'm so dumb. Um <laughs> it's fine. You're almost a doctor. You can... It was a very emotional moment um because she was alive and then she's like, Where's the rest of our family? She said, They're come they're gonna be here soon. I was like, Yay, she can get every everybody was just like one other person, I think. Mm-hmm. And then maybe the other kid, mm-hmm. the the little boy. Yeah. Um, if he was Which, there, I don't know. Um Something I kind of glossed over was um, Kango finding out that she was doing these experiments on dead bodies. Um, That went not super over my head, but until after I finished watching the movie and I was getting ready to record and remembering things I learned in African-American literature in college and just listening to Black voices online is historically, it was not uncommon for gross scientific experiments to be done on black bodies because for centuries even and even today they were viewed as less human one of the most famous like examples of a black family being screwed over by the american medical association even though i don't think they experimented on her is henrietta Locks, who mm-hmm. whose blood or cells have been used to create so many life-changing medicines and her family has seen nothing come of that for them financially and it's their grandmothers their great-grandmother's cells that are saving lives every single day so um i thought that was 
a good nod to have in this movie because there is a lot of generational trauma associated um, in Black communities with the medical field because for so long they were used. As... Well, you know about the Tuskegee experiment, right? Yes. Oh, that's, so that's another, another good one. That's, that's another, another good one. Yeah, that was the uh, the where like um it was just like black men um mm-hmm. in Alabama had like um there was no cure for syphilis, mm-hmm. so doctors were just like literally trying anything on these people um yeah. to try to like see if they can cure it or and then you know and of course like what happens when you just like test stuff people will die or like people will get sick you mm-hmm. know whatever so it's like it, it's just literal scientific experimentation mm-hmm. just for the sake of that and uh, yeah so that that's a big one so there's a lot of realistic horror aspects that, that went go, into yeah this movie. real horror show column yeah yeah so um moving into production um this movie was very whimsical and very weird in a lot yeah. of ways um almost i kept thinking fairy tale like which yeah I guess maybe makes sense. It's been a de- it's been a decade since I've read Frankenstein. Yeah. But it is a very whimsical idea of a novel. There's no magic. It's all about science, but science is magic in a way, if you will. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Um, it's using shit around us to make new shit, which is very magic oriented i'm sure i'm gonna (laughs) drive the scientists in my life crazy by saying that but you know a lot of stuff that is conveyed as witchcraft was just science and um it did occur to me um we can probably finally watch castlevania now that the strike is over um okay yeah that'll go on the list sam we have to watch usher first but anyway yes (laughs) yes um (laughs) um but this happens in the first 15 minutes of the first episode, so it's not really a spoiler. But <laughs> okay. Dracula's human wife, Lisa, is um, burned at the stake because she's a scientist doing science experiments. And because the villagers don't understand science, they convey that they they construe that as witchcraft and burn her at the stake. And then that's what sets off the course of events in Castlevania. Uh, the fucking villagers every time. Um, yeah, cool. yeah so um yeah so it's I get why they would go whimsical with the like cinematography this movie's cinematographer was Daphne Quinn Wu um mm-hmm. and she did a phenomenal job I thought the yeah. color grading in this movie was very pretty um very like yeah it's very 80s like you've pointed out the red to me and now yeah. I'm thinking about it um the Aisha's house was blue so there's a lot of like big bold colors in this that feel very reminiscent of Mm. 1980s horror movies yeah everything Um, was pretty bright too yeah and I couldn't find anything when I was doing um IMDB um but I wouldn't be surprised if um Bamani was a huge 1980 like we're all 1980s horror movie fans so right like that's that's the prime decade of horror so I wouldn't be surprised if he and the cinematographer kind of wanted to take that route with this um but it was very beautiful I liked the soundtrack a lot I thought it was haunting and very pretty 
Um, what else was there? Um, let's see. We talked about the gore, which I the gore was really well yeah. done. I'm glad we're getting back into practical effects with gore, like with um Saw 10. I think a lot of that was practical. It's always been practical with the Saw franchise. Um, and then with this, it, it's it's a great comparison when you're talking about gore, how you can do practical effects and get two completely different vibes from mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. it was squishy, but body yeah. parts are probably squishy. Yeah. Oh, like his hand, too. Oh, yeah. It was just, like, so gross. Like, um, he felt like his... a decay. He felt like a corpse. They did a very good job yeah. with the makeup. Yes. And you know what? I do want to say that out of all the other Frankenstein adaptations I've seen of Frankenstein, he's like more of a man than anything else. But mm-hmm. like this one is actually like, no, he's like literally put back together and we're just like going yeah. off of steam here and that's it. No, that, <laughs> like, that's, like amazing. That is an excellent point because our vision of Frankenstein still comes from the 1930s movie which yeah. is just a man yeah with, it's like, just a man with like some stitches in his head right yes um, but chris felt like he was pieced together by yeah by a like child a face. yeah yes and also it, it was like she was having difficulty like sewing uh, his face on his own like other pieces on his face because like the the skin is probably like just falling apart Mm-hmm. Um, and we do get that great moment whenever she's with um a guy, <laughs> Anama, the one that got macheted in the shoulder, and they're in the room hiding from Chris, but then he like the door opens and we see his face, and I think it's like only close-up we get of his face clearly, and mm-hmm. it's like really, really well done because it looks like a person whose like skin was like burnt off and then put back on and it's so gross looking. So I think they did a really great job because yeah. I've never seen a Frankenstein monster look like that. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm trying to think back to, we haven't had a lot of Frankenstein media in the last yeah. decade. Like that's why mm-hmm. I was so excited about this is because we don't get a whole lot of Frankenstein. I feel like people think he's a little boring. Um, no, but we we are yeah. getting like this is the first we're getting a second like Frankenstein retelling with the um really with the Emma Stone movie coming out that oh yeah 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 with um, the girl yeah yeah um but that's another example of a Frankenstein looking more human than um corpse but the last right. time I remember an actual corpsey Frankenstein is in Van Helsing because he keeps his head keeps oh. falling apart. Van Helsing. I love Van Helsing. Let me look at the Frankenstein and Van Helsing. Yeah. He was very corpsey and it was like a running gag kind of that his face kept falling off. Um oh, oh yeah, yeah, because and he was like all pale white. Yeah. And he he had like the the foot where he walked and like steam would come out of his one foot. That he was really cool. He looked like um he was like he reminded me of like man plus machine parts. But yeah, yeah, his head would like come apart and he'd like push it back together. Yeah. That was interesting. So I'm really but, glad that they yeah. they went realistic with it because if you're working on a body that's even like two weeks old, it's gonna be 
it's going to be squishy. It's going to be falling apart. It's going to be decayed. For real. Thank you. Yes. So I am very happy that they (laughs) took that route with it and they didn't shy away from how gross of a concept this is that Vicari is working with. Like, you know, by the end of the movie, when she's bringing back the rest of her family, they are fresh. They're not going to be gross yet, but her brother is very like... (laughs) In a state of grossness. She just had him in like the her uh lab, which is just room temperature, (laughs) you know, or warm because it looked like it was summer or warm weather. Yeah. Um pro tip if you're planning on following in her footsteps, maybe get an ice cream truck. (laughs) Yeah. To keep the body a little a little fresher big freezer yeah, yeah some find, type of... find an abandoned restaurant with a functional um a walk-in yeah, yeah. functional walk-in um but yeah, yeah those those were the big um notes I had and then the note of it sounded like at the end that her mic had uh blown out with one of her screams um maybe yeah I, I couldn't tell if like it was intentional but I did hear some distortion on her mic um, oh, okay it's it's not the biggest deal in the world if she blew it out and they didn't have the time or budget to replace the mic who cares that's a testament to how good her scream queen acting is <laughs> i know um but there is some stuff that i wanted more of in the movie i wanted more and, chris for sure more yeah well more yeah more chris he was like out of the movie for like the majority of the middle Mm-hmm. um and then it kind of got a little lost with it with the story there but um I wanted more of like the body snatcher angle yeah because I feel like no one made that big of a deal out of it um but it sounded like a big crazy yeah. deal because no. someone's stealing people's bodies and shit I agree that should have been a bigger plot point yeah um, like don't go outside alone because there's a body snatcher out there you know you yeah. know what I mean like um, that kind of thing Especially with how Bomani really was kind of focusing on the community aspect in this movie. Um, Mm -hmm. What better way to like amp up the climax of your movie than finding, than the community finding out that the body snatcher is just is, is their gifted, beautiful, um, vicaria like yeah for real. and then finding out what she's doing to the bodies that could really amp up the tension at the midpoint yes um, absolutely but yeah it needed a little more time with chris because going back to the 1930s frankenstein because that's still the epitome of the frankenstein media um yeah. we spent a lot of time with the monster um humanizing him because frankenstein is a tragedy the monster is a victim yeah um and i mentioned the most famous scene from that movie that got the townsfolk thinking he was a monster Mm -hmm. or to believe he was a monster is um he's sitting by a lake with a little girl like she's five years old or something not too much younger than jada and they're sitting by the lake and she's throwing him showing him how to throw flowers into the water and they're having a wonderful time um and he too has the mind of a child and he thinks that if he throws her into the water she'll also float 
but she doesn't and she drowns and the next scene is her father carrying her dead body back to the town damn so i was kind of thinking thinking they would go that way with jada because Mm -hmm. jada had that bond with chris immediately when he came back oh yeah that would have been interesting i think i think just a little bit more time with chris as our tragic figure um would have helped the movie a lot yeah it would have been cool if there was like stuff with chris before he died too Mm -hmm. um just so i like can get to know him a little bit yeah Um, Uh, because he's the tragic figure and i understand i don't see a budget sticking out to me on imdb but I understand if it was budgetary reason why we couldn't spend that much time with Chris because they were very careful not to like show a whole lot of his face. Yeah, um, yeah. Because that kind of makeup is very expensive. Oh um, yeah. And this did feel like it was on the lower budget in the horror industry, which that's not shade. You can do amazing things with low budget. We like fucking saw we were just talking Absolutely. about in the mini show. Yeah. Um. But yeah, just like those two things probably would have rounded out the story a little better also i want to know about her lab because like once we meet her the lab already exists i want her to like um i want to know like when the lab became a thing was it Mm -hmm. before chris died or was it after chris died that she was like you know what i'm gonna do it i'm gonna i'm gonna bring him back to life and i have to build a lab now to do that and getting parts and all these things and you know doing more research and, and and this and that and uh, uh more time with Vicaria, I think yeah. you know we have time with her but I don't think we have time to get to know her mm-hmm. um like more um exposition I mean yeah yeah I, I love stuff like that in movies when they're building the lab and like getting inspired mm-hmm. because there's this one moment that motivates them but for us it's like already done so we yeah. kind of miss out on that moment yeah so I just think like those little things would have um rounded out oh, the yeah. story a little better yeah just 30 more minutes yeah (laughs) oh yeah because this movie wasn't long at all you could have easily tacked on another 30 minutes of yeah exposition yeah Um, yeah it was only 90 minutes which is pretty good yeah um but yeah so realistic aspects um we've touched on um not feeling safe around the police is a big one especially this movie began filming i believe in 2020 or um let me see I just saw when it started filming um yeah so he started developing this script in 2018 um and then it caught the interest of Crypt TV in 2020 Mm -hmm. um so they probably started filming in 2021 before it was announced yeah um so this movie would have been filming right after the biggest Black Lives Matter marches that happened in 2020. Um, so yes, this movie is quote unquote woke. That was one of that is the word that keeps popping up in like one star reviews that I was seeing on both Shutter and IMDB is that oh, this movie's not original. You've seen it before. It just has a woke twist to it. And the reason we have this segment of realistic aspects in horror movies is horror is supposed to draw on real life fears. It is supposed to make you uncomfortable. It's supposed to make you scared. It's supposed to make you grossed out. And mm-hmm. un- un- unfortunately, police 
and gun violence and all of that shit is a very real fear in black communities and those stories are just as important to be told even if it makes people uncomfortable who are on the other side of the system right exactly i mean this is what movies are meant to do and that's Mm -hmm. the purpose of them anyway and like it really wasn't that woke there was like there wasn't like a moment where vicaria so yeah there wasn't a moment where vicaria looks straight in the camera and says black lives matter fuck trump (laughs) (laughs) yeah no it was just i think it showcased real fear that happens in black communities especially with police officers banging on your door in the middle of the night yeah i do want to i do want to say that like i think maybe the most realistic moment i i want to say maybe the most um yeah realistic moment would be like them at dinner and then it being interrupted with that mm-hmm. you know and um so yeah, and- j- just that that constant anxiety you know i think yeah. is the realistic part no, maybe and- not in that exact scene but you know mm-hmm. and, and fucking police officers f- fucking police officers just do that shit all the time yeah. i remember in our old apartment it was like two in the morning and we were fast asleep and a police officer came banging on our door because someone heard screaming and called the cops and we're like no and we're nervous because it's two in the morning and you just scared scared the shit out of us like you fucking scared me and i'm scared now (laughs) yeah so yeah this movie is just another example of how horror movies are rooted in our everyday fears in life and it's stupid to give it low ratings just because you deem it woke because it's addressing fears that you personally don't have well there's other fears too and 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 it's not just the police like it's also like the gang violence and also like knowing that there's drugs in your community but what can you fucking do about it you can't do anything about it because you can get hurt so like you just have to just stand by sometimes Mm -hmm. and so that's also scary so it's like all these things stacked up on each other yeah it's Um, a a lack of control in your life which you is another argument you can make for vicaria she lost her mom she lost her brother she doesn't really have control in her life so yeah she's waking up and she's like okay who's next you know and it's it's a kid and she's like okay who fucking next i'm gonna stop it because no one else can do anything i'm gonna do something and the best i know how yeah and it's this and it's science you know yeah if she's able to bring people back to life then she doesn't have to worry about her dad dying of a drug overdose because she can just bring him back oh I have a note about the dad and I I like I I'm no I'm no uh like scholar on you know like drug addiction and stuff but he really didn't seem like he was like a junkie at all like like rarely except for like him being angry at the student teacher conference he seemed like pretty fine <laughs> so I... maybe we we didn't get enough like interaction with him because i needed to see more of like the effects of him other than sleeping all day yeah i agree yeah he should have been a little more a little more agitated at dinner maybe even <laughs> yeah but no at dinner right. he just seemed like your regular um concerned right. he father like, he just seemed normal to me it didn't seem like he was really yeah on drugs and like and also I just want to say that like you can't just like 
pick up heroin because like, well, you can pick up heroin because like you're feeling down, but like, you can't just like put it down for a day and be like, well, today I'm going to like chill, chill it for a second. Like, I don't think it works that way. So we're going to intertwine- where you are with your addiction. Huh? <laughs> I think it might depend on where you are with your addiction. Uh, but if he's may. a for- if he's a former addict, I don't know if doing it once he'd right. be able to stop. We don't know. Yeah, and we don't know if he's a former addict or not. So we don't know. Did it? Did it say that he did did it before and stopped and then did it again? I don't know. I, I, I think, think so. I think she that. said um, oh, he's yeah. using again. Oh, all right. Well, then, dang. Yeah, yeah. Um, that that sucks, and that's a big disappointment too because you have no control and that's your parent, you know. So. But I thought that he should look more fucked up a little bit. That's just my yeah. <laughs> nitpicky note. Um, but he wasn't in it all that much. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Other uh-huh. real real horror shows things. So other realistic aspects would be um, ah, dude carrying around a machete all the time. That's pretty scary. Yeah. Um, I guess uh being alive without your consent oh yeah i i i jokingly say all the time i didn't consent to being born and now i have to pay these bills i say that a lot myself (laughs) there's a lot of truth to that i did not ask to be born yet here i am and and i'm glad i am glad (laughs) i were doing all right i'm glad millennials are breaking these generational um traumas and realizing, yeah. you know what, we didn't ask to be born, so maybe I won't kick my child out of the house at 18 and expect them to be fully functioning adults. Right, yeah. Or maybe we'll cool it on having babies for right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Either way, yeah, exactly. I, I say that a lot. I'm glad somebody else does too. Yeah. I thought that I was like just being an insane person. <laughs> but I'm just like, I didn't ask to be born. What do you want me to do? Uh, um, that those are all the major uh, realistic aspects, I think. Um, uh, that's all I have. How about bringing someone back to life and then like abandoning having them, to kill, having to kill them again because oh. they they they're just killing everybody and it's kind of kind of when like your when your school your project friends. doesn't go the way you want it to. Right. Yes. It just does not. It just does not turn out the way that you had it pictured. You had it planned. You did all this research, and yet life prevails, mm-hmm. and it's it's not what you thought. Yeah, so you have to undo what you did. Yeah, so that, that sucks. Um, but that is all I have right now. Okay. I would give this an all. Yeah, that fucked me up. Even though there are like some finer details, I think they could have done a little better story wise. Um. Yeah, this was a good monster movie, though. So, yeah, it it was a good monster movie. I'm glad that 2023 is the year we're getting not one but two Frankenstein retellings that aren't just a man coming back to life. It's it's got it's (laughs) got it's got social commentary. It does. Um, it has black people, which is like refreshing. I feel like I I just watch horror movies and there's like not a black person to be. No, that's true. We it's like insane. We we owe a lot to. Jordan Peele for yes kind of bringing black horror to the mainstream I know we had like Candyman but that wasn't even really black horror that was yeah a a black 
uh slasher it but yeah. everyone else was very white yeah um, but I know for a long time a lot of black horror was more in the horror comedy genre right. so we are entering a much more inclusive horror space and that's fine it's what we want it's what should happen it should have happened before 2023 but yeah because um, like all this time it makes people think that like black people aren't interested in horror but that's just not true and this is (laughs) this is something I think about we our masters are in publishing and you hear it a lot in publishing is oh well black teens just aren't into reading and it's like well are they not into reading or are they not into reading books about white people constantly (laughs) so it's the the answer is obvious they're not interested because you're not creating art not creating the art that connects to them you're not making an effort um so I thought this was a very well done movie and I'm glad it exists and you should check it out hey speaking of Frankenstein stuff have you ever seen the show Penny Dreadful I have not I I need to that is my all-time favorite retelling of a Frankenstein story. And so maybe we should, oh shit, we should watch that. Ugh, Just Sam. add it to the list. Add it to the list. Oh, we'll get to okay. It. Anyway, Sam, um, it's great. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I guess we should probably do Sweet. the end notes. All right. Well, I'll get that fuck me up if you're interested in watching. Uh, this film can be found on Shutter. So, dude, if you don't have a Shutter, get it because that's kick ass. Right? Yeah, it's it's like five dollars a month, so very oh, yeah. doable. Yep. Let me know when my next big fiver is due due to you, Sam, to support her. Did I pay? I think I, I think we have that all figured out. Do we pay for the year? Uh, I just do month to you, month. Did I give you money? Uh, not yet, but but no rush. Um, when is my can... money due? How much money? I swear, I thought I, I, I don't money. know. It's like if I'm we're splitting it, you. if we're splitting it, it's two fifty a month. So just like I don't know, do that however you want. You mean two fifty? Oh yeah, two two dollars and fifty cents. Yeah, times twelve. Yeah, is what is what? I don't I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's five thirty. I gotta get going soon. <laughs> Okay, 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 I'm sorry. All right, it's on Shutter. But anyway, thanks for tuning into our episode. We are the Real Horror Show Podcast. Our host is $30 a month. Or not $30 a month. Okay, I'm going to pay you in in one minute. Okay. Okay. Our host is Sam Odie, and I'm the co-host from Which Guys I'm going to pay her because I owe money. Don't don't owe money. That's the Real Horror Show. Uh, The podcast was created by Sam Odie and Stormy Skies and is directed, edited, and produced by Sam Odie. You can find Sam on Instagram at sam is writing stuff and you oh that's new yeah <laughs> not oh hi i'm sam yeah well cool sweet and sam is writing stuff she always is and you can find stormy on instagram at the stormy skies you can find the real horror show pod- podcast on spotify tune in itunes google play store pandora and anywhere you like to stream your podcasts don't forget to hit subscribe so you're always in the know when a new episode comes out and follow us on social media. You can find the Real Horror Show podcast on Instagram, Threads, TikTok, Facebook, and yes, Twitter slash X too. And we do more than just podcasts. We love to write, as I mentioned before, and have plenty of great movie reviews and essays, all of which can be found on our website, realhorrorshow.com. We love hearing from our listeners. You can ask us a question or send us a movie request to review by DMing us on social media or you can even send us an email 
at realhorrorshowpodcast at gmail.com. <clears throat> Call for guests. Do you love horror movies? Are you a podcaster, a content creator, a movie lover, or anyone in between who is a listener to our show? We would love to have you as a guest on one of our episodes. Reach out to us via social media DM or email us at realhorrorshowpodcast at gmail.com. Our podcast episodes featuring guests, they're all listed on our website, realhorrorshow.com. And we are so thankful for all of our listeners. You are the life force of our podcast, and we wouldn't really exist without you. Thank you all for making this podcast real and supporting us as we record every week or try to. You can support us in different ways, such as liking and sharing our podcast episodes on social media. Giving us a review will help the podcast more than you know, and will help other listeners find the podcast too. You can also donate to Real Horror Show by visiting our support page on our website, or you can make a one-time donation via PayPal, buy us a coffee with the buy us a coffee button, or explore our very interesting Amazon wish list. Ah, uh, yes, I see um, that we still have this blurb here about how we stand behind SAG after as they strike. But guess what? It's over. The, the strike is over. So I guess I can remove this. Um, yeah, cool. Well, any other pertinent news? Not right now. Uh, we will be gone for a week for Thanksgiving, and then we will be back with more Death Note and a Saw retrospective. Oh, shit. Just in time for the holidays. Yeah. I love it. Okay, fabulous. So I can't wait to go downstairs later tonight and just keep watching Death Note because, like, I I must confess that I can't wait to see what happens next <laughs> after I finish an episode because I am in love with light. So, okay. If you are too, don't at me. Okay. Our outro song is called... Creep it out by Jonathan Colton, and he can be found at jonathancolton.com. Thank you, fuck off, and have a swell evening, and have a good holiday and break. This is Real Horror Show signing off. <laughs>